Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today, we're going to bring you definitely some hope. So we're going to bring you Rebecca Hope, who is an author, who is building this community, and we're going to hear more about the community. And she's just an overall high-energy person that I've been lucky enough to meet in my various communities that I participate in. So it's always about surrounding yourself with the right people. And today, Rebecca is going to be one of our right people. How are you doing today, Rebecca? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I know you, you have a very interesting story that we'll talk about a little bit. And, um, you know, we'll just have some fun for a little while. I think that's a, we need to do that a little bit every now and then. Sounds good. What What is there to life if you don't have fun? That's exactly it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the easiest question I always start with everybody is what brings you some peace and love? Yeah, what brings me peace and love? I would say... Um, the biggest thing that brings me peace and love is just knowing who I am and in the midst of uncertainties, knowing whose I am. And when I don't have all the answers, I can rest assured knowing the one who does. Yeah, well, that, that, that's awesome because part of your story, I mean, so uh, Rebecca is an, an author uh, of Beyond the Brokenness. So let's, if we can start about, so people can get to know who you are. So what do you mean by brokenness? What do you, you know, we all sometimes feel that brokenness. And what do you mean by beyond brokenness? Yeah. So when the Lord gave me the title for the book, Beyond the Brokenness, uh, what what it meant to me was simply the fact that we all have certain types of brokenness in our life or things that feel like broken pieces of our life that keep us from being whole and walking in our destiny. And the goal of beyond the brokenness is to help people see what's beyond that, see what's beyond those pieces that just feels like has shattered your life, see what's beyond that, um, but not by getting past the brokenness, instead by taking those broken pieces and allowing it to become your mission. Yeah, well, I think that's great because I I talk about that as well. Uh, You know, a kaleidoscope with all the different pieces instead of broken pieces, you know, become something beautiful. A mosaic is another beautiful example. And I'm sure you know very much about the Japanese philosophy around King Suji about, you know, embracing the brokenness and putting it back together to still show the, the value of something like that. So how did you get, what do you mean by brokenness in your, as it relates to you? So in my life, the brokenness I identified as one of them would have been being bullied my entire school year and school term, like my entire school life, really. And then coming home and feeling like those who were uh, put in a position to protect me did not do that. Mm. And uh, instead were actually one of my bullies and the abuse I, I experienced at home that led me to becoming a suicidal bulimia by the time I was eight, nine years old. And then uh, 
just going on into my teen years, I was, I turned into a very rebellious and bitter teenager that did not want to be on this earth anymore and hated everything and everyone around her. And then uh, that led to me escaping the Amish community. And then after that, it was uh, in the process of finding what I was missing, which I didn't know what I was missing, but I was looking to fill that gap in my life, uh, just to feel whole, feel like I'm enough. In the process of doing that, certain things happened that made me feel even more broken. Uh, one of them, which at 18 years old, it was about two weeks after I uh, was raped by a drug addict after being roofied at a party, I attempted to take my life. And by the grace of God, I didn't succeed and I'm here now. But all of those things kind of added up and I identified them as broken pieces of me that kept me from being worth anything, kept me from walking in my destiny, kept me from feeling like I had anything to offer. Yeah, wow, that's that's pretty powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, uh, and, and I'm not sure if anybody heard that. You know, she was part of the Amish community, and you know, I, I'm not very familiar with all the things. Much like, but from what I've been explaining, it's very similar to the, you know, other highly religious communities where they the, the rules are what the rules are. Right? It's, it's an orthodox community uh, of beliefs. So, what it ate did was going on between school and at home? I think it was just between uh, just at a very young age, feeling like I was different from my siblings. I was treated differently, feeling like I, nothing I ever did was good enough to get the approval of my parents. I always sought to do what I thought would get them to praise me and be proud of me. Every little girl looks up to their dad, wanting them to be proud of them. And I never had that. And I feel like at some point, I just got to a place where I quit trying. Mm. And that's where I I pretty much gave up on life. And I convinced myself I was a mistake on this earth. That my existence was a mistake. And I was, uh, I was more of a nuisance to my family instead of a benefit that I was only around because I was born. I happened to be born, but I wasn't what they wanted me to be. That was how I was feeling. Now, if that was the truth or not, I've never asked them that. (laughs) That's just what I was, what was going through my mind, through my brain as a little girl. Right. And and that's the the point that I also want to make sure that we understand. This was the perception that you had as a, as a young it wasn't even a young adult, you know, you you were eight, so you were still in your childhood, and, you know, to, to feel that like that, and uh, and it's scary to, to need to talk to people about that, and to be in that, because you also felt like that in sc- from school, if I heard you say that correctly. Yes, yeah, my school years, even though I was a straight-A student, I loved to learn I definitely got that from my mom. She did not want to, she wanted to keep going to school uh, after she graduated, but there are, we could only go through eighth grade where I 
grew up. Uh, that's not with every Amish community. The Amish community I was with, they only allowed eight years. Um, so I was very much a straight A student. I loved learning, was always looking for new things to learn. But the environment and uh, just the way I was treated, which I wasn't the only student treated that way. Uh, but from my perspective, the way I was treated really kept me from having the ability to enjoy that learning mm. and uh, constantly, you know, made fun of because my family wasn't the richest family in the community. So we usually didn't have the nicest clothes. We had uh, usually had homemade lunch that, you know, it was uh, we were looked at as poor. Right. You were more, it was more simple than than an elaborate lunch. And, you know, and which right. goes to show you in every community, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, not just the Amish community, but in every community, there's, there's a hierarchy uh, and, and it's generally a financial hierarchy or probably also a religious hierarchy. But you had said that uh, that you only went to eighth grade. Does everybody, does all, do, do all children, or is there uh, just girls or, or women only go up to eighth grade? And then is there other education? Or at that point, they feel that you have enough education with that you know you don't need to go past eighth grade. Yeah, no, that's uh, for boys and girls alike. Now okay. that depends what community you're in. But if it's if the rule is for girls, it's the same rule for the boys. OK, what they believe is once you've hit eight, eight years of education, that's the only education you need in order to have a good Amish life. After that, you're expected to stay home and learn the values of running a home for a woman. It's keeping the house clean, cooking and just keeping the home in order for the boys. It's learning traits on how to bring home income for their family. Because you're expected to grow up, eventually get married and have kids. And so they educate you, prepare you for that after you're done with the eight years of schooling. Okay. That, that, that's interesting. I just wasn't sure because yeah. I know that in other communities that, you know, you go to high school and then now, because that's only so eight years of education is really bringing you to, 12, 13, 14 at the hierarchy, you know, the highest. I was done at 13, yeah. Yeah, so at, at 13. And, uh, and, and at that point, because you already weren't feeling great about yourself, you know, how, how did that transition start to go for you? So I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to, like, I pictured myself growing up getting married and having kids and the whole nine years of kind of what's expected of an Amish woman but there was something missing and I didn't know if I truly wanted that if I couldn't find out what I was missing first mm -hmm. and so when I left when I was done with school I was relieved that I didn't have to go to school anymore and face my bullies if you will but home life was hard, too. So there was, in my opinion, like there was no win for me. It was either school or here. And I didn't want either of them. So the transition was kind of a loose-loose situation for me, or so it felt. Sure. Now, the one question I want to ask is, so I, I, 
after eighth grade, are you expected to then find a mate? You know, because you're still young at that point. It, you know, it, again, you said thirteen in your in your case. So you know, yeah. was that expected at thirteen to to start to plan that, or is there still you know the the learning then, as you said earlier, was to learn more about taking care of the house. Now that you had all the knowledge to do that, then mom or or whatever situation, sisters or siblings. Yeah. Could you explain that? So, yeah, some of them, they get married younger than others. But, the you know, the average Amish person, I would say, gets married around 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. They definitely don't get married at 13. That's, <laughs> you know, we we are done with school at that time. And now it's time to learn the traits of the home. It's time to learn what it means if you were to get married and have children. They want to make sure you're set up for that. So that takes quite a few years. Uh, for my family, the rules were you you can't start dating until you're 16 and a half at least. It, it varies from family to family, from community to community. Um, I didn't start dating until I was 17. And I really didn't want to. <laughs> there were... There were uh, just barriers I had put up because the relationship I had with my dad kind of set the standard for what I expected of men. And it wasn't, not, wasn't necessarily a good one. So I didn't know how I felt about this whole getting married thing and committing my life to a man that mm. that was challenging for me. So, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, that's, that's kind of how it goes usually. And, and then, so and then earlier you had mentioned at, at 18. So around this time that you're starting to get out more. Uh, and, and was it when you were getting out, was it more out of the community or still socially within the community? So what do you mean by getting out? Uh, when you like going, when go, I left going out, yeah, no, no, go, going out because you said 17, you started dating. Oh. So when you started, you know, being more social, I guess, uh, in, in that way, was it only still staying within the community or was it, you know, going outside of the community and meeting people who have not been uh, raised in, in the community? Got it. Yeah. So my community did not allow us to go outside the community. Uh, but for me specifically, I left the Amish soon after I was allowed to do that, you know, as soon as Soon after I was allowed to go out dating, because again, it scared the crap out of me to think that I would go find a man and marry him at that time. Uh, but yeah, I I left soon after, so I didn't have that whole Amish dating experience. I never dated an Amish man, mm. and I don't feel like I missed out on that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That, it's just. Uh, it's so interesting. So, uh, you also had mentioned that at eighteen you had got this experience where you were physically abused and, and raped. I mean, you, you said raped. Uh, you know. So how did you get out of that? Because that's got at eighteen where you're sort of just experiencing freedom and then having something that traumatic to go through. I can't imagine it. Yeah. So how did I get out of that? Well, first, I didn't even know what rape was. I didn't have a label for it. I didn't know that what happened to me was wrong. Mm. 
until later. I just knew I felt so broken that it just it was another confirmation that me being on this earth was a mistake, that I didn't belong here and I was only here to be used and abused. That's how I felt. Now, how did I get out of it was me understanding who I truly am, what my identity is, and then separating that from what happened to me Mm. and realizing I am not what happened to me. I can use that as a weapon, actually, and as a mission to go help other people, but I first have to separate it and go, yes, this happened to me. Yes, this is how I feel about it. This is how I felt about it. But then realizing that who I am is not that. My identity had to be separated from my experience, if that makes sense. No, it makes 100%. That's why a lot of times people go, well, what do you do? Uh, and I go, this is what I do. It's not always who I am. And, you know, because I have a career outside of podcasting and things like that. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. But that's not who I am, which is a, a much deeper conversation. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're a pretty deep person. So, you know, to how did you get through that? Something like that? Because it's not just, okay, I'm going to separate the two. I mean, there, there's a lot yeah. of pieces that... You, yeah, go yeah. ahead. There, there, there's a lot of layers to it. Some people say it's like peeling back an onion one layer at a time. There's a lot of different analogies you can use for that. For me, it just came down to realizing that I deserved the support I needed to work through it, to recognize, one, what happened. Number two, recognize that I did nothing to cause it to happen, that it was not my fault. Mm. And then three, really allowing the people who were wanting to help me to help me. Mm. Um, but I would say even above all of those, the the most healing I ever got was what between me and my creator. Mm. I the the most healing, the most reassurance, the 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 biggest levels of freedom I've ever had were moments that happened in my closet between me and my creator. Like that was just because I had, when I first uh, became a follower of Christ, I didn't necessarily have the people to help me learn how to read a Bible or learn what it meant to be a born again Christian. And some look at that as, well, you were just, you know, a prey for the wolves, if you will. You were just out there and, you know, they were just waiting for someone like you. And uh, but I say it, it actually cost me to dig deeper and seek those things for myself mm. instead of relying on someone else to translate it for me. Yes, I needed the help. I needed a community that is very, very important. But it does not take away from the importance of someone seeking out their salvation with fear and trembling before their creator. Just me and my creator. Like that's, I, I cannot <laughs> emphasize on that enough. Well, uh, now, so is that sort of a different belief than how you, you grew up? 
It's a because as most of us grew up, and I'll speak at least for myself, right? We, uh, I grew up, you know, with a Jewish faith, but you know, God's this big scary person, and we have to obey the rules. And I know from my Catholic, my my daughters were raised Catholic, and the same type of. Uh, you know, talking, and even when you go to visit all these beautiful cathedrals, it's really a visual of how powerful God is. But the real magic, and where you were talking about, and that's really where I'm leading to, is the power of God is really within us, not outside. It's not the big scary stuff outside. It's the power that we have within ourselves that comes from that magic spark uh, of life. Yeah, so is that different than how I grew up? Yes. I uh my family ironically there there are a lot of similarities between them and the the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. So Amish is the religion that is their faith. They have a bishop who they look up to and everything needs to be approved through him. Basically they believe that God is has assigned this bishop to tell them how to live mm. and the bishop has to make rules and if they don't follow those rules they're disobeying God uh, so it, it's kind of a twisted mm-hmm. version of Christianity because they believe in Jesus they believe that Jesus died on the cross but they don't believe that he died on the cross for their sins and that's the way to salvation that Jesus is their salvation. And now they don't have to work to get to heaven anymore. They are still work-based. They believe you get to heaven based on how good of a person you are and that you have to earn your way to heaven. That's different than how I view it from a Christian standpoint, Mm -hmm. that you can only get to heaven one way, and that is, by uh, accepting Jesus as your salvation, the ultimate price, and just receiving that as a free gift uh, because it's been paid for. So all I need to do is receive that to get to heaven. And you find the peace within yourself. I mean, that's the, yes. that's the beauty is knowing what you know or, or the beliefs that you have, but the power is within yourself and having that becomes that much more powerful because you you don't look for the outside and going for acceptance for for anything it's knowing inside of you that the the love that uh, the universe has for us god has for us really is is there and we just have to find the barriers in within ourselves to then allow the outside world to receive our the love that that we have uh, because we're all just one energy. We're, we're one energy being yeah. uh, just doing things differently. Yeah, and the energy we give out to other people is very important because we're called to be the light and shining armor for others who don't have the light. So very important, yeah. Yep, that's why we need to keep uh, speaking of the message. Now, how did you find this message? So, you know, as your growth, I mean, still, when you left uh, at 18, you, you're not 18 anymore. Um, but, you know, how did you go through this? Because it's not so easy. It's not just easy as saying, I went inside. Uh, because at 18, I don't know that, you, you, you know, I mean, maybe you could. I know at 18, I, I couldn't go inside. I mean, it took me a lot longer than that because I resisted. So I guess part of that is, how did you not resist what you needed to do? Uh, 
I resisted for a long time. I used to be scared of myself more than I was scared of anyone else. Mm. And that's why I was scared of others because I first and foremost was scared of myself. I was scared to look within because I didn't know what I would find. And nobody had ever taught me how to look inside. Uh, it was through a process of getting to know who Christ is and then getting to know who I am in him and understanding that I'm worthy of his love, mm. that I, I, I am truly, I'm, if I allow him to, he will put those broken pieces of me back together and help me use it as a message for the world. But I have to allow him to do it. Well, and, I, I want to uh, ask you, just as an understanding for myself, is he putting you the pieces back together or is he guiding you to have you put the pieces back together for yourself? So the, the way I would say it is I have to allow him to put it back together. Mm. So it's it's a uh, it's it's like a marriage. You have mm. to work together. I have to do my part but then also allow him to do his part. Sure. He, my part is submitting to him, submitting my broken pieces to him. And then his part is to put it together and say, this is who I see you as. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, and, that's kind of like how and, I see And how it, does yeah. he communicate? I mean, like, I, like I'll say I'll get a download, uh, you know, not necessarily, you know, it's just a strong feeling and intuition that then I, I get the tingles on my, uh, around my neck and I'm like, all right. Yep. That's it. That, that, that's right. Versus me just going with my head, what my head wants. That's always led yeah. me uh, to a lot more trouble doing what my head wants versus what my heart wants and allowing the, the, the unconditional love to flow through. And Yeah. So some call it your gut feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, some, the Bible does say my sheep will know my voice. So if we are his children, we will recognize his voice. Um, he speaks to me in different ways. Sometimes it is that you just get that feeling when you know that you know you're supposed to do something, mm -hmm. that intuition. Uh, there's God has spoken to me through other people. He's spoken to me, just me and him. Uh, sometimes I get this tingling and warms in my left hand. And it took me a while to recognize the sign, but it went back to, he is holding me in his righteous right hand. Mm. So which hand would he hold me? If he, if, it, if it's his right hand, it would be my left. Right. And I always feel it in my left. And I have recognized that as a sign that he's holding my hand and guiding me into saying, I got you. Uh, that when I say, like, I hear something from God, I'm saying, I hear that still small voice speaking to me that I recognize as nothing other than God because it brings me peace. There's no anxiety with it. There's no anger. There's no fear with it um it it brings me peace and it just has that feeling of right Does that I, make I understand it yeah it makes so much sense i remember being in a, in a class uh to learn uh, mediumship at a you know to be a medium and uh the instructor was like you have to surrender so i said okay 
how do you surrender? He goes, you just do. I go, come on. Uh, you know, what do you mean? Just, just. And it really is. Once you really surrender to whatever you, your beliefs are, that's a powerful part. It's not saying that you don't have a caring of what it is, but knowing that it's going to be right. And, uh, you know, another mentor of mine had recently just said, it's not your job. It's like, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you order, you know, a fancy di- dish and you don't know how to cook it. Well, that's okay. It's not your job. Just know that the, the cook's job is to cook it really well. The waiter's job is to bring it to you and your job is to eat it. Uh, you know, and the same thing is for everything in our lives. And that's where, you know, you and I have had some conversations. It really is. We have to do it, but we have to not necessarily push what we want to push or move what we need to move when it's not our job. Uh, you know, for you, you, you know, you believe that uh, Jesus is, is going to help you fix your brokenness, and I, I'm, which is beautiful. It, it's, it's really powerful when you know you can take that step back and go, okay, it's not my job. Je- Jesus has me in, in your case. And that's what I do. And, and a lot of times I get frustrated and I'm just like, okay, not my job, you know. Uh, or, or as a, my friend Stacy always, you know, uh, she loves one of the comments, you know, not my circus, you know, not my monkey, not my circus. You know, the things that we don't have to worry about, we don't always have to engage in every conversation that we have. Now, one of the conversations that we want to talk about is this new community that you're, you're bringing. So I would love you to tell me a little bit about the Divine Hope community. Could you share that? Share some stuff about that. Yeah. So the Divine Hope community is a community that I recently started uh, because of what God put on my heart. It is a women's only community. Sorry, men. I am a woman, so I can only teach you how to be a woman. I can't teach you how to be a man. So that's kind of my uh, perspective on it and why I chose to do a women's only. But also because of what we are uh, doing through this community, I want it to be a safe place for women, women to share because there's going to be a lot of vulnerability with it. And I find women are far more likely to share and be vulnerable when they feel like they're in a safe place. Mm, sure. Um, so what Divine Hope Community is, is we help entrepreneurial spirited women take back their God-given authority and walk into their destiny. Uh, and to break that down, we help you use those broken pieces, those pieces that you feel like are broken in your life. We help you understand how you can pick those up and use those to take back your authority and then walk into what you feel like you are put on this earth to do and walk in the fullness of that so you can contribute the most to this world and not suppress this world of the gifts and talents that you were given to share with them because you're you matter Mm. you you matter and what you have to offer matters and the only reason the world doesn't know about it yet is because you haven't put it out there you're not offering it so that's that's what we're what we're about uh we we take uh to do this we take you through what what i call the divine hope step systems program mm. um and I broke down the divine hope into, I, I love, uh, you know, the D stands for something. I, I forgot what that's called, but 
I I love doing that. Taking a word. The acronyms. Yeah, I, I love acronyms acronym also. Yeah, you know, like, like like my on the path stands for personal attitudes towards happiness or even the bat uh, stands for bringing an awesome thought or being authentic today. And, you know, it really is. It gets you to think differently. It gets you to engage differently. So so I, I'd love to hear more about your, your, your community. Yeah, so I was just going to run through the acronyms really quick. Sure. Uh, but first, I want to make sure you know that this is your community and we are making it as you-oriented as we possibly can to help you understand that you is the person we're trying to reach. And together, we can, apart Satan will. So I want it to be a united, diverse community of women helping women become more empowered and stronger in what they're called to do. Uh, so the divine hope, divine the D stands for divinity, a divine power beyond yourself. And that's what I talk about where your uh, your identity starts with something beyond yourself. So you have to see beyond yourself to know where you came from, to know who you are. Mm, sure. And then integrity uh, starts with self-integrity. What does the integrity look like with you? If you don't honor your word, how can you expect someone else to honor it? And if you get upset when someone else doesn't honor their word, shouldn't you get upset at yourself if you don't honor your word? And I'm not saying being harsh and self-destructive to yourself, but I am saying treat yourself the way you want other people to mm, treat you. Sure. And that's with integrity. And then the V stands for vulnerability. We already talked a little bit about that. Are you being honest with yourself first and foremost? Because you can sit here and lie to me all day long and I might not know about it. The most destructive thing about that is that you're lying to yourself. It, it has no effect on me. It has an effect on you. So we're, we talk a lot about that. And then inclusive. This is a big one for me. Is your life an all-inclusive package? What I mean by that is I used to have uh, a business life. I used to have a work life a church life and a nightlife mm. plus a couple others, a social life, a non-social life. And all of those different lives had to be kept separate. I didn't want one to know about another. It was so separated and divided mm -hmm. that I, I couldn't even keep track anymore. So we're going to help you break down those barriers, help you understand why you might be doing that if you are, and then allow yourself to be inclusive with everything in your life, not just people. <laughs> and then uh, N is for noble. Are you one of noble character? If not, why? Uh, and then embrace. Embrace the things that come your way. And this is really, really huge. Because we talked a little bit about that earlier where we resisted. What's the opposite of resist? Embrace. I had to stop resisting the fear of who I thought I might be if I looked inside. And I had to start embracing the reality that once I look inside, I'll figure out how to handle it. And it's amazing the freedom that comes with that. And then, then and only then 
can you walk in hope? So that's divine. And I believe that only by going through those steps and truly understanding them and having freedom in them, only then can you truly walk in hope every single day. And what hope stands for, H, is for health in every area of your life, opportunity in every area of your life, prosperity in every area of your life, and then uh, encounters on daily basis with your your inner power, Mm. that divine being that you started with. So it comes full circle. You start with something beyond yourself. And then you end with encounters with that divine being every single day that future generations will praise the Lord for the decisions that mm. you've made because you chose to overcome the things your father, your mother, or your grandparents chose not to. It was all a choice, whether they knew or not. You chose to do something better. Right. It's those limiting beliefs and how to overcome those limiting beliefs that really is where all of our strengths are because how we learn those things or how we experience it, it doesn't mean that's how it was intended on, on putting on, on ourselves, but how we experienced it and how we saw it through our the filters of our eyes till, till we were able to clean that up. Yeah. No, but that's, inc- that's incredible. How would, how would people be able to reach out to you and, and join the community if they wanted to? Yeah, so the easiest way is really to just reach out to me via uh, Facebook or Instagram on under Rebecca Hope. Uh, we have a website that should be up any day called yourdivinehope.com, Y-O-U-R-D-I-V-I-N-E-H-O-P-E.com. Uh, I also have a personal website, uh, rebeccahope.org, spelled the same way as my name, mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then I also have an email, info at RebeccaHope.org. So there's there's a lot of different ways you can reach out to me, but the fastest way will be social media. Okay, no, definitely. Uh, and we'll, we'll put a lot of those in the notes. And uh, so you've, you've given us a lot of things, uh, you know, just how to overcome, how, how to work through li- life's challenges, a little bit of an insight on, onto the community, how you grew up and how you, you got to where you're here. Through uh, for you, it, it was through uh, the outside influences of God, but that you brought into yourself, right? It, it, it's uh, because it, how you explained it is God's uh, outside, but He's also inside us, and He's able to uh, heal us as, as well as we don't resist. Uh, yeah. You know, th- that's where most of us get stuck is resisting the opportunities because uh, we think we know better uh, and, and stuff like that. What are, what's what's one as we're rounding up the episode? What's one thing that you would like to share with somebody who might be in any of the circumstances you were in life, uh, e- either um, for guidance or a resource that you might have had, or both? Yeah. So a motto that I live by, I share it with every single episode I'm on. Every time I share my story, I I always share this. It's uh, do what you can with what you have from where you are because there is hope for all, including you. Mm. And you will realize that no matter what situation you are in, when you can look at what you have instead of being afraid of what you don't have, 
you'll realize you have everything you need already inside of you to make the next step that will lead to wherever you want to go. Sure. It's a matter of recognizing that. And that is something I'm super passionate about, too, is helping people realize the answer is already inside of them. The longer you spend looking for it on the outside, the longer you're going to be trapped in this false belief that you don't, you're not worth what you are, that you don't hold the value that you do. The truth is you're far smarter than you, you will ever know. You just have to tap into that and you have to realize that your brain will come up with unbelievable answers if you just ask the question. Yep. It's amazing. It, it, it is. You know, the, the more that you're like, well, how can I figure it out? If we live in that that ideal, that limiting belief of uh, I can't do that, then you can't. You, you're, you're right. But when you say, I know I can, I haven't found the right way yet, uh, that becomes that much more powerful. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time uh, and, and knowledge. And we'll probably have you back because I know you had also mentioned you might be coming out with another book in the next few months. Uh, so uh, I, I, are you finishing up writing it or is it, uh, it's an editing? It's not in the press yet, okay. but it's really close. And we are, uh, the goal right now is to publish it uh, the end of April or the 1st of May. We don't have a release date yet, so I don't want to give you an exact okay, one. Sure. That's just tentatively what we're looking at is the uh, end of May or the end of April or the 1st of May of this year. Um, and that book will actually be a sequel to my first book. So if you've read my first book, this will be an extension of that. Um so super excited to release that to you guys. Okay. And the, and the book, again, is on her website, which is RebeccaHope.org. Uh, you can find the book also on Amazon. But go, I, I would say go, go to her website, get the book through her, because then she'll personalize it or autograph it. Amazon, you will not get an autograph unless you see her at, at one of her book signings or anything like that. And so, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing some knowledge with us, sharing a little bit of your story, and also to make sure that we understand that the power within is so much more empower, powerful than the power without. It's all within us. All the answers are within us. And, you know, that just leads us to, you know, peace and love is exactly how we started out. That if we find the peace and love within ourselves, you will definitely be able to bring your bat, find your sweet spot, and knock it out of the park. And I wish everybody a great day. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Back. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. 
make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.